Hello and welcome to the David Watson podcast. And today I spoke with Lucy from Loose Cannon PR Agency. And we had a really good chat um, along the lines of, you know, how do you present yourself? Press releases. What do people do right? Strategy. You know, talking to journalists. Who are your audiences? And there's some really useful information there and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And... <clears throat> And, and Lucy was very open about what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And like I said, I think there's a lot of great advice there. Please, if you appreciate listening to Lucy, do check out her website. The link will be in the notes. And as always, please do like, comment and subscribe. Your support is always appreciated. Thank you very much for listening. Hello, welcome to the David Watson podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. And how are you? I'm okay, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Always have to sort of think, but I've got lots to be grateful for. I haven't been ill. Um, obviously, you know, lockdown three is starting to pall, um, but, you know, I'm okay. Um, I know there are lots of people who, who've really suffered and uh, life is a lot more difficult for them. So I, I count my blessings. And uh, my hardest thing um, we were just saying before we hit record is, is managing my two teenage daughters and their mental health and their desire to get out there and see their boyfriends and all of those sorts of things. Um, and they're managing their schoolwork and their cancelled exams and everything that they've got going on. So um, a plus trying to run my own business. Yeah. <laughs> so it is so a bit of a juggle. And that's because that's um, a good segue, really, isn't it? Because like many people up and down the country who have got children of all ages, but you have teenagers, everything about what is going on for them is unknown. They, they can't see their friends um, in person. They can't go to school. They can't do anything that they want to do. So they're stuck at home. And then on top of that, you're not only trying to run your own business, you've actually just started. Yes. Yeah. Just started trading in October 2020. <laughs> yeah. What a time, what a time. Um, but, I mean, it is a juggle. Uh, and the reason I'm working for myself now is because I took redundancy from my previous job, which was for Wiltshire Creative, which, as some people may know, is a combination of Salisbury Playhouse, Salisbury Arts Centre, and also Salisbury Festival. They All, all three organisations merged to form Wiltshire Creative and I was running their press office for them and all of their social media. So it was a very busy job when all the venues were going. Um, but obviously I was furloughed for six months last year because all the venues were closed, everything ground to a halt. Quite a lot went online, but they didn't need um, the sort of PR and social media function in the way that I'd been providing it. So I was furloughed for six months. And as time went on, um, and they were very clear with us about the sort of cash position of the organisation, it was clear that a restructure was going to happen. So I thought, you know, if redundancy comes up, I'm definitely going to take it. Um, and I'm going to set up my own business and do what I do, but on an independent freelance basis. Um, so that's exactly what I've done. So that's why I started in a, in a pandemic, because I don't think you'd ordinarily start your own business but there are lots and lots of people in the same position as me who you know who've been made redundant or um, had a change sort of forced upon them and actually 
there's a huge amount of positivity out there in, in business. I've done lots of virtual networking since I set up on my own through the FSB and BNI and various groups, including Lindsay Burden's group, Women on Wednesday. Um, and actually, you know, people are pushing on with their plans. You know, they're, they're actually really positive because we know we will come out of this. And that, yeah. Um, that's one, one silver lining. And I, th I think there is a genuine valid argument for anyone that is starting up now and can make it through to when this is all over. You're going to be strong. You're going to have yeah. to go. You're going to go from strength to strength because surviving now when it's tough, when the market's free flowing and everyone's excited and people want to to get enthusiastic about things, it's it's a great time. It will be a great time to be because you won't be starting up. You will already have made some noise. You'll always have already be part of networking groups, crowds. You'd have already yes. done the difficult task of trying to find lots of people and there'll be lots of people who like your ideas and what you're doing but they're like i can't do it right now i can't do it right now and and i honestly think yeah, for a lot yeah. of people there'll be a flood of uh, a flood of customers a real influx yeah yeah well you know it's crossed <laughs> but uh yeah no i think so there was a headline i didn't read the story but the headline on the guardian website this morning was something about um a, you know spending boom um set to come as lockdown lifts and i think you know there are lots of people there are lots of sectors that will really benefit you know yeah. travel as soon as we're able to and as soon as it's safe um retail we saw a bit of that before christmas but um you know where and, and people you know some people who've carried on working albeit from home um haven't been spending money in the same way that they were you know yeah. before the pandemic so um, they've got disposable money to spend as as the restrictions are lifted. So I, I think you're right. And and in business as well, um, everyone's had to sort of pivot and change their plans. Um, and some of that will stay. And in some ways, you know, oh, other other things will, will come back into focus. Um, so I think there will be a real um, boost to business as well, you know, as restrictions are lifted. Absolutely. And... I'm just conscious of one thing because we're a few minutes in and we haven't actually mentioned your website, your business, or what it is you do. <laughs> yes, how's that for PR? Um, yeah. <laughs> my business is public relations um, and my business is Loose Cannon PR. Uh, Loose Cannon because I used to have a blog of that name and um, it just I, seems like I did like, well. I like that name. Though. That, there is, yeah. There's a real nice sort of ring to that that catches your attention. Yes. There's just one friend who said, are you sure people want to work with a loose cannon? Is that the wisest choice? And I thought, oh. never mind, I'm going to put wisdom to one side. Um, I just like the name and the pun. So, um, And I've launched my website, which is loosecannonpr.co.uk. Um, delighted with it. It's been done by um, Steve Landon and his team at Landon Marketing and Design, who Salisbury-based um, marketing and design company. Um, and it's looking great. So um, hence sort of putting myself out there and, and telling people what I do. But um, probably the next thing you're going to ask me is what is public relations? Because a lot of people don't know what PR is, don't think it's for them, don't realise that they're probably already doing it. Well, this is one of the things, because I said to you in my email, I'm quite sure that everybody knows the word PR. They have an idea what PR is. But when asked, none of us know. And of course, one of the things that straight away, well, not straight away, uh, last week when you sent me the press release, yeah. I was like, 
of course, that's exactly what somebody from PR would do. Because you're the only guest <laughs> I've had do that. And I was just like, of course, yeah. PR. That's exactly what yeah. you would do. But yeah, yeah it, exactly. <laughs> it, it is. But I would never have guessed that. Not in a million years. I, I could. Public relations is, I'm sure they do something beneficial for every company. Um, I'm pretty sure they promote good headlines. They give you advice on how to steer out of trouble. And it's just like, yeah. I bet that's nothing to do with it, really. Or just well, it is. It a is. Small it's part. all of those things. And yeah. It's all of those things and more, exactly. I mean, basically, it, it's the maintenance of a, um, a good reputation amongst your, um, well, the general public, but when you're in business, um, amongst your stakeholders. So if you think of your, the, your audiences, the sort of groups of people you want to talk to, um, it's obviously your customers, but it's also your suppliers, it's your competitors, it's potential funders in your sector, it's anyone who um, gives out awards, um, as well as um, you know, the, uh, the media uh, as the sort of um, third party, if you like, or the interim, um, the messengers between uh, yourself as a business and those stakeholders, you know, your customers and, and all the other groups. Um, so yeah, the maintenance of a, of a professional uh, reputation is essentially public relations. But, it, um, you know, to some people it's PR is simply media relations. So getting into the local paper or onto the local radio or, you know, talking to you on a podcast like this. Um, but really PR these days is is much broader than that. You know, there are there are people, one of the great things of working for myself is I've been able to connect with lots of groups of um, people engaged in PR through industry conferences and things like that. Obviously it was all online last year, but, um, and they talk about things like stakeholder mapping. So working out exactly who your stakeholders are, those groups of people I talked about, you know, working out the best ways to communicate with them and, and where they hang out and all of those sorts of things. <clears throat> um, and, and really, you know, they see PR as very much a sort of consultancy service. And, and you know, there are people in PR who argue that um, PR should have a seat at the boardroom table, um, you know, and be advising the chief executive alongside the chief finance officer and, and um, you know, the other more traditional sort of so-called C-suite roles, um, but that it's very much, you know, because it's all about how your business um, and the communication coming out of your business is landing with your various audiences. And, you know, there are people who argue that your PR consultant is absolutely, you know, indispensable to letting you know how all of that is is playing out, essentially. So, and just for clarification, I just want to um, to make things clear for anybody that's listening. When you say stakeholder, are you referring to like customers, clients, sponsors, business partners? Yeah, absolutely. The whole gamut. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, suppliers, did you mention them? Competitors. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who's, uh, you know, um, funders. So, uh, you know, Wiltshire Creative, where I worked, Obviously, um, the Arts Council are a huge funder of arts organisations, so um, they're a very important stakeholder. Wiltshire Council, for the same reason, a very important funder. Salisbury City Council, um, uh, you know, and there will be uh, businesses who absolutely want to have a, a stake with um, 
local authorities, so Salisbury City Council and Wiltshire Council will be an important audience for them to communicate with about their successes and, and all of the sort of stories about their business that they want to get out. So yeah, that's what I mean by stakeholders, yeah. yeah. Because it is, like, like you say, we, there was almost, would it be fair to say that there is it also overlapped or market or that marketing overlaps the PR role? Yes, yes. Um, I mean, I think PR sits within marketing as a discipline. Um, and I think PR works best when it's integrated with all of your sort of marketing activity, which is why I said earlier, I think, you know, some people perhaps don't realise they're already doing PR. Yeah. Um, but if they're doing any form of marketing and everyone in business is doing some form of marketing, they probably are already doing um, public public relations work simply by having um you know a twitter profile or an instagram profile uh, or a facebook page um if, if they're anywhere on social media that absolutely falls into public relations because it's it's maintaining an image um for your public for your audience okay. and what do you um what do you find that people do right Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, some people are very good at recognising news. So um, I've been working with a, a few local um, companies who I met through networking groups. Um, and one uh, had just recently won a couple of awards and was about to acquire another business. Um, and he knew, therefore, that he had news to get out. So. Um, he just wanted to talk to me about uh, media relations and that side of, of PR, as opposed to sort of strategy, which I haven't mentioned. But, you know, I think strategy needs to be part of PR. We can come back to that. I'm writing a um, note right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some people are very, very good at recognising that they've got stories to tell. Um, others might sort of sit back and, and think, I haven't got any stories to tell, you know, and it needs teasing out because absolutely every organisation has got stories to tell. You know, we all um, talk to other people in our lives about our work and we're essentially telling stories. Um, and what I can help um, organisations do is sort of shape those in a way that can be presented to their audience and the public through the medium of, you know, whether it's print or whether it's radio or it might be a podcast, it might be a blog, it might be their social media, um, but getting those stories out there essentially. Um, so yes, yeah, that's what people do right. And some people do their own sort of media relations as well. So as well as recognizing their stories, they might actually, um, you know, have written a press release or, or got in contact with the journalist directly um, to get their story out there. So I think some people do media relations um, well, others need a bit more more help so where do you find the areas where like you were saying earlier you, you need sometimes to tease stories out of people um i think there are lots of you know really successful businesses obviously you know uh, really successful businesses very busy running the business doing whatever it is they yeah. do you know providing um heating solutions to people um or you know whatever whatever industry they're in um, 
and perhaps their marketing you know they've, they've got to a certain level with their marketing they might have some social media on the go um, obviously got a website they might have some branding if they've got you know vehicles vans and things like that um, they might be doing paid google ads um, but they're not thinking about the stories that they've got in their businesses you know that the people they've helped the way they pivoted during the pandemic and lockdown um, they might you know and, and they're not telling those stories um, outwardly so they're not thinking of PR as part of their marketing mix and I would argue that um, it's a very cost-effective way to get some additional publicity for what you do um, by um, actually getting some PR around some of the, the stories and case studies in a, in a particular business yeah, because I mean, you mentioned earlier, everybody, um, all the media outlets need news. So, in a, in yeah. a sense, um, what you have the is is a currency that can be used for them. Without, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and it's. I, I mean, I, all the media. Yeah, whether it's print or radio, you know, they're desperate for content, <laughs> and they love talking to local businesses and hearing what local people are up to because that's essentially as people behind all of those businesses and it's those people we want to hear from um you know even an, a non-commercial station like uh, bbc wiltshire you know it's bread and butter is hearing from people in the county and what they're up to so um you know it really is that it's it's um there's a big opportunity there i think to tell stories and who are you do you have any ideal sort of customers? Um, I mean, I've sort of got two groups of um, ideal clients because I was a journalist for 20 years before um, I went into um, PR and communications um, and I wrote about the media industry. Um, I was up in London for some of that time and then I was freelance down here in, in the West Country. Um, and so um, I'm looking to support um, media companies as well with their PR and their communications, you know, copywriting, that sort of thing. So that's one group of customers. But then my second group of customers are local organisations and businesses um, local to us here in Salisbury, but sort of across the southwest, really, um, where I can really add some value to what they're doing uh, with some you know, some great PR. And all of that needs to start with um, strategy, which we could come on to. But just quickly. Very I, nicely I, done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking at any particular sector. So people sort of say, are you, you know, are you focused on the arts, for instance, because that has been my recent experience. And the answer is I'm open to working with people in any sector, which I know is, um, doesn't help in terms of narrowing it down. It's more about, um, sort of turnover you know they've got to be um big enough to be able to invest in a bit of pr um so turning over a decent amount um a year uh, but other than that i'll work with people in any sector and i will go and find the media and the journalist contacts that i need yeah. for that particular sector i must admit i did think when i worded it ideal clients i thought that did actually sound a bit clumsy because no no it, no I'm asked the question a lot. You know, <laughs> so but, but as soon as I said it, like, that's probably not the best way of trying to sort of distinguish what what customers work well with PR agencies, yeah. what customers would work well with you, as opposed to sort of, you know, 
it is one of the all all industries have kind of what I would refer to as ideal clients. You know, like yeah. I coach people, so it's somebody who's willing to change or willing to be self-reflective and willing to have different difficult honest conversations with somebody where you can actually say to them look wh- where's your responsibility in this they're my ideal clients you know yeah. but if you kind of like well it was them this is just going to be a headache for me and I'd rather not I'd rather we didn't work together do you know what I mean because <laughs> yeah. you know but it's very difficult sometimes to word that in, in short form so it, exactly. it is exactly yeah know. We're very similar in that sense in that, you know, I've got ideal clients and there are characteristics um, yeah. to the ideal clients, but not it's not sector specific. It's more about um, characteristics. Being open is it, to, yeah. Characteristics, yeah. I think, is a very good. It'd be a, but what characteristics are your ideal client? Um, so they either understand PR to start with or they're open to be persuaded of the value of, of PR in the way that I hope I can sort of put across. Um, like you, you know, they need to be honest, um, prepared to be honest with me, um, because there's no point in me offering consultancy to a business if they're not going to be, you know, yeah. honest. Um, and um, it is that sort of uh, you know, and and they've got to be ambitious for their business, which actually loads of people are. You know, yeah. although I think if I'd started in the first lockdown, I think there would have been a lot of negativity around because it was such a shock and everything literally did close down for a few weeks. But then, quite quickly, people started to sort of we have kind of bounced back well and, and embrace digital. I mean, the embrace of digital technology has been. Sorry, we we have kind of bounced back well. Yeah, yeah, I think we have. You know, like you said, the um, first lockdown, people were like, oh. but now we're like, no, we have to make the most of it. This, yeah, exactly. kind of the the uh, stereotype stiff upper lip is coming. Yes, it's yeah. Like, well, we just the need to get on with it. Have come out. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I think you know we can see that there are some silver linings to what's happened. You know. Um, I mean, some of the, you know, the way things slowed down back in March and April last year, it helped that we had some beautiful weather. But, um, you know, we were able to sort of slightly reset, take stock, you know, bring with us the things that are important to us and nourishing <laughs> um, and perhaps leave some of the, you know, worst habits behind. And and now I think, you know, we're working in a way that's much more, um, well, you know, just less travel for instance um it's much more um environmentally friendly and um you know i wouldn't have been able to do all the networking that i've done if i had to travel to all of these meetings oh, and, fuck you, know. you know it's been great to be able to be in touch with so many people from the comfort of my sitting room <laughs> you know? yeah, no it's true because that's something i is very relatable to me because obviously i i started this podcast during the first lockdown and mm. everybody was it's like, well, I'm doing by Zoom. Oh, I know Zoom. And now everybody, you say Zoom to somebody like, if I'd have said Zoom to somebody in 2019, 90% of people would have said no. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now everybody's like, it's on Zoom, yeah? It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to have to ask if people had used it, if they knew what it was. Yeah. Whereas now they just... they got it, yeah. Yeah, whereas now they just say, are oh, you going to send me a link? Yeah, I am. Yeah, do you know what I mean? 
and it's ah it's, it's been a godsend for me yes really opens up opportunity and i you know i hope that as obviously it's great to meet face to face as well um but i hope that we'll become a bit more discerning about where we need to travel for things um for a face-to-face -face meeting and that we'll keep some of this um digital you know digital meeting going forward so we'll have a sort of a hybrid i hope i think we will i think like you say there'll be possibly some first time i think it was split into two things there will be possibly first time meets that need rapport will either be done face to face or zoom mm. or then if there's a strategy thing afterwards that's right well let's come in and bounce ideas off a whiteboard or let's yes. just chat over zoom but i yeah. i think it will be there'll be times when we want the face to face connection but then after that it's like i don't need the 45 minute drive yeah exactly you know so let's just do it and let's just do it off zoom and people who know they need the meeting but but like you don't need to drive in we can do it on zoom it's going to be fine yeah because we've either yeah, yeah. we already met we already know what we're talking or the other one is i don't want you coming in if we're not actually going to work together long term so let's just do it on yeah. zoom and, and see how we connect so i I think you're right there's going to be a, a wonderful hybrid moving forward where everybody yeah. does a little bit of both yeah which is fantastic and, and they do say that you know, the embrace of, of this technology has been accelerated, you know, by about four or five years, just yeah. in months of pandemic that we've had. So, um, so bringing yeah. it back to strategy. Mm. Strategy. Well, so strategy, if you look at my website, the first sort of service that I offer is strategy. Yeah. Because um, in an ideal world, I think that's where all of my activity uh, with a business should start with a strategy. So we agree, um, for me, it goes back to basics of, you know, what's what's a business's sort of core brand purpose? What are its values? Um, extrapolating from that, who it wants to talk to, you know, on which sort of channels. So are we talking about printed media? Are we talking about radio? Are we talking about social media, website, blog? Um, probably a combination, but you know, literally getting back to basics and, and sort of working all of that out with with um, the business, um, and then getting an idea of what we want to achieve through our public relations, um, and you know, ideally agreeing some sort of um, key performance indicators or some means by which we're going to measure the impact of the PR that we that we put in place. So we've got an idea of, um, you know, sort of closing the circle essentially and coming back and saying, well, yes, that really worked or actually that didn't have the impact that we hoped it would. Let's tweak it and, and let's try again. Um, and I think, you know, uh, I mean, the benefits of PR, it, it is different to um, marketing in that uh, marketing and advertising, you know, it's all often about sales and achieving those sales you know the benefits of public relations are slightly more longer term that they are reputational as i say it's about managing a favorable reputation um they're about brand awareness um and credibility essentially for um, i might be this might be a bit clumsy and i might be definitely getting it the wrong end of the stick but would, would you would it be fair to suggest that the difference between PR and marketing is that I need to find out, trying to figure out how I'm trying to articulate. But there's something a little bit more personal about what you're trying to reach out with with PR. 
Whereas yes. sometimes with marketing, it's just let's aim for an age group category and chuck out some adverts. Whereas PR is, is sometimes more about who we are yeah. rather than here's my special offer. Yeah. Well, and especially, you know, now here in early 2021, having been through the past 10 months that we've all been through, um, I think it is, yes, definitely about conveying personality. Um, uh, and I think, you know, we're operating the world another one of the, the silver linings of what's happened is um, that brands have become much more personal in the way that they put themselves out there and communicate. If you look on, um, there are people who highlight various things on, on Twitter and the way brands respond on Twitter um, is a more a sort of more personal, you know, they've had to kind of drop the corporate facade mm. um, because we expect even really big faceless organisations to show some personality. Um, and within those organisations, it's probably the PR team who are managing all of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> so when you, you, when you were talking about strategy, you said one of the things you talk about is the medium that you try to connect people with. Yeah. Are there, in your experience, are there, de without having to commit, do you know what I mean? Because I don't want people to say, well, you said this on a podcast. But yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, but do, do you find certain mediums uh, different um, suit different industries better? Um, hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I mean, I suppose. Well, the, there will be certain industries who are which are particularly visual yeah. and therefore there are certain social media platforms obviously instagram um you know that might lend themselves but but actually everything you know i'm thinking on my feet here everything's become very visual you know um twitter now it's unusual to have just a text-based tweet yeah. you know but that's probably the fact that is it was difficult to come up with any examples is probably the best example that no, mm. do, do you know what I mean? Everybody can adapt to every medium. You don't yeah. just you don't just have to go down one, one one alleyway, one direction. You know, so that in itself was like okay. So that's the answer to the question because there wasn't yeah, one. Yeah, I think so. I think so because I was thinking about um, Wiltshire Creative when I was there, and I was um, you know uh, PRing productions that would come to the Playhouse and uh, events at the festival and the Art Centre, and. Um, actually sort of nothing was off the table you know we wanted PR across the board across radio television when the story was big enough and uh, printed media as well as our social media channels so um, so yeah I think probably for any business you want to get as many communications channels as you can possibly get. And is there like a, a three-step process for people if they're listening like to develop a narrative to reach out to people do you know what i mean is you like not not quite do's or don'ts because like the what what do you do right i always prefer that question as to what do people do wrong yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. when you say to someone what do they do right they, then they somebody listening can find that of use do you know what i mean yes. it's like, oh, if i do that that's a good thing to do so is there like um the, the way that we um you know like actually you, you being in pr Lindsay did the thank you very much Lindsay burden by the way uh, who did the introduction, you then sent out a press junket because you work in PR, so that that's yeah. the, you know, the press release came through to me and it was like, oh, yeah, 
Of course yeah. you would. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it explained a narrative of who I was, who I was dealing with, and who you were. It had all your yeah. history on it, your yeah. background. You know, like literally. I mean, I I, I know yeah. I've mentioned it already, but it, it's it's impressive because one, I've never had one before. So I was just. Like, <laughs> I kind of felt briefly that I was Great. quite... First press release from a PR person. But, actually, it, but at being sent, it made me actually feel quite important. I was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you know what I mean? So this is, you are. You're a podcast I, host. I, but I, I've been sent a press release, so I must be hitting the big leagues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but it presented a narrative. Yes, yeah. You know. I think that there are a few basic steps. I mean, certainly... Um, there are lots of steps that I could relay in terms of uh, communicating like a journalist and, and the way a journalist would expect. So, um, uh, but to sort of get, go back from that, um, I think it's about, it, it is those issues of working out who your audiences are, where they hang out, so what they're reading, what they're watching, what they're listening to. So then you've got an idea of, of who you need to be talking to and then you can think about the journalists within those particular outlets and building relationships with those journalists um, and then I think it is about if you're talking about media relations and getting some coverage um, by those target journalists that you've got in mind I think it's about communicating with them as I say in a way that they would expect so I think just a press release is a very very useful tool um, and I was I, I did um, a live with Lindsay actually on yeah. her Facebook page last week um, and there are a few very basic things that I can share about how to put together a good press release yeah that'd be perfect so I think um, obviously you start with a word document but please 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 put your company logo in there <laughs> you know as a picture either top right top left doesn't matter could be in the header or it could just be you know at the top of the page um but it, it's effectively it's looking like letterhead it's looking professional um label it as a press release it sounds so simple but you'd be surprised the number of people who just start writing a story or their news or whatever um they might have the foresight to put a headline on it but they won't say in capital letters press release <laughs> you know and it just tells the journalists you know like when you received it oh i know exactly what i'm getting here it's yeah. not a letter to me or anything you know it, it's a, a public it did um, no it did sorry to cut you off it did exactly what you just said it did as soon as i opened that up i was like i know what this is yeah i knew exactly what it you know you i yes. it sounds so daft and simple but that is like as soon as i opened it i was like i know what this is yeah, <laughs> and then and then there's the story, and I was just like, "That's what it says on the tin." Yeah, and I know it sounds silly because it did actually kind of blow me away because it was the simplest thing you could ever think of to do. Mm, yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> it's working. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I would say I would say always add a date so the journalist knows, um, you know, when they've received it, when it's been sent out. Um, and put either, you know, for immediate release, if you don't mind when it's used, or I was saying before, you could add um, an embargo. So that might be if you're sending something to the journal on, on a Tuesday, Salisbury Journal on a Tuesday, because you know that's when they get the bulk of their news stories in. Um, 
but your website isn't going to be updated until Wednesday night or Thursday morning when the journal is published, you might want to embargo the information so the journal doesn't, if they see fit, put a story on the salisburyjournal.co.uk website yeah. before your website is ready you know, for people to come searching for you and, and whatever you've talked about in your story. So um, either for immediate release or embargoed until this date. Um, then you want a, a nice catchy headline which sort of summarises the whole thing. It might be, you know, as with your school essays, it might be uh, something that you write when you've actually written your story. You go back and write the headline then when you're clear. Um, and in terms of writing a story, uh, in terms of, of communicating and writing like a journalist, you really want to cover off um, all of the, the sort of key questions in any news story, which is who is doing something, what are they doing, where is this happening, when, why, if you can possibly answer that, and ha how. And if you can answer those questions, um, you've got a good news story and a good fighting chance of getting somebody's attention. Um, and if you look at any, you know, take the time, once you've decided which your target publications or outlets are, um, look at any sort of first paragraph and all of those questions uh, will be answered. So who, what, where, when, why and how. Um, if it doesn't say, I, I've talked before about um, on diary and off diary stories. So if it doesn't say when something's happening, it's probably off diary. And basically what that means is it's not super time sensitive. So on diary is anything that's literally happening today. Like, I don't know if there are any government announcements today, but, you know, the latest COVID figures that we'll probably get in the evening news, you know, all of that is on diary. Somebody, some celebrity dying, that's an on diary story. It's going to be covered, yeah. you know, to, as soon as it happens. Off diary is everything else. And I think, you know, as businesses, we all have a lot of off diary stories. It, it doesn't need to go out this day, week, you yeah. know, month even. For whatever marketing reasons, we would like to get it out, you know. Um, but it's a bit more off, off diary. Um, and I think we've all got, you know, we can all mine our, our businesses for those sorts of stories. Um, I mean, in, if you like, the press release I sent to you, um, I sent it then because my website had just launched, so I was sending it out um, at that time. But it was kind of off diary in the way that I could have sent that, you know, in September yeah. before I started trading or December after I've been trading for a couple of months. Or, you know, it's not hugely time sensitive in that way. No, I mean, from my point of view, it was just like incredibly organised because it's like, wow, it's, it's, <laughs> it's exactly a week before we're, we're, we're due to do it. And I was just like, yeah. Now that, yeah. that that's preparation um, yeah. you know do you have a, a time scale and again in a very non-committal sense of when people come and approach you like look you know because you mentioned that turnover can be important not necessarily essential but you know you it has to match an ambition of what they're trying to achieve to make it productive to work with you for both for both sides so yeah. is it a kind of like a, a time scale like ideally you're going to be wanting to run along a project alongside say what for a month two months three months yeah that's a good question i mean um i would say 
not, not particularly in terms of, of numbers of weeks or months, maybe, but looking at um, the amount of time you might want for PR support. So um, initially, um, you know, a couple of, of clients I've worked with recently, I suggested it's two days of support, PR support, delivered over a period of weeks or months or however long it takes to achieve yeah. what we're looking to achieve. Um, so they're buying effectively, what is that, 16 hours of PR support. And I just deliver that over the course of time it takes to get in touch with the relevant outlets, get them interested, get the information over to them, you know, ultimately hoping that we, we get some coverage at the end of it. I mean, I should say at this point, you know, at no point with PR can you guarantee coverage in your target outlets. So when I enter into an agreement with a client, um, I don't say, you know, and all of this PR will result in X number of stories because that's beyond all of our yeah. control. That The journalist <clears throat> controls that and the editors of the publications or the radio programs or, or whatever. Um, but uh, when I talked before about strategy and, and sort of measurement and key performance indicators, um, you know, you sort of we agree those in a way that makes sense so it's about inquiries it's about awareness and how we might measure that it's about credibility it's it's those sorts of um um things that we're looking at really rather than stories but yeah in terms of time you know for a smallish product project it's a couple of days commitment really to see some outcome um hmm. but it so it's but you you kind of answered it, so it's it's like yeah, it, it, ideally you want you know like PR input needs to be it can only doesn't have to be many hours every week, but it, it ideally needs to be one or two hours over a few months. You yeah. Know, sort of like you know so it's all like let's look ahead and see where we are in spring to summer kind of sort of philosophy as opposed to no I, I, you can just buy five hours of my time and I'll try and do something for you. Um, for yeah. a week sort of thing yeah but it does depend on the project because um, yeah. you know before Wiltshire Creative had to shut again in uh, the end of December beginning of January um, uh, you know they managed to open between October and uh, the end of December and I was helping them with some PR uh, for their Christmas shows and their before yeah. that, their autumn shows um, and that was very much sort of immediate you know this is happening we want to get this out um, so it was just, you know, it was a few days work delivered over a few days, you know. Yeah. So it, it depends on the project. One of the things um, you mentioned um, was about audiences. And it's, it's people often talk about target audiences. You know, you, mm. you've got to find your target audience. And once you find your target audience, the rest will, will fall into place. I've never heard people talk about how you find your target audience. Hmm. Uh, Sorry to put you on the spot there. Yeah, no, it is the core question. I mean, I think it, it comes back to those to talking about to those businesses about their sort of brand purpose. You know, what what are they there to do? What pain points do they solve for their customers? So then you get a very clear idea of of who their customers are. Knowing who their customers are you can also work out who their other stakeholders are, so who their suppliers are, who their competitors are. Um, and then it's about 
you know, profiling those people in the broadest sort of sense. What do they do when they're not being customers of your business? Yeah. Um, you know, therefore, where do they hang out? Where do they congregate? If they're, are they more likely to be on Facebook um, or are they an Instagram crowd? You know, that will depend on age and all of those sorts of things. Um, do they read if they're local, you know, do they actually read Salisbury Journal or are they getting their news from, from national outlets? And is that where we need to be looking? Um, specialist websites and publications um, for that particular industry, you know, that's perhaps where we need to be looking. Certainly in terms of suppliers and competitors, that's where they're hanging out. Um, so it's all of those sorts of questions that help you define your audience. It's thinking about them in, in the broadest possible um, way, I think, and, and building out those profiles and sort of you know, giving them a name, giving them a, a token age, giving them a, a profession, um, you know, all, all of those things, making it as personable as, as possible. Does that answer the question about how to... Yeah, no, it, it does, because you, you said something very valuable about um, you've got to understand you know, for people listening, is your business, like, what is the business, what are the pain points that it solves for people, you know, so what value are you giving people, why would people come to you? Yeah. And, and once you've established that, it's like, right, and then, like you said, where do they hang out? What What are they reading? What are they not exactly. reading? You know, yeah. so, <clears throat> you know, so if you're a tech company, there's a very good chance that um, people who might be interested in stories that you have is going to be online. You yeah. know, as opposed to yeah. in the journal for yeah. you know for argument so you know there you know it, it could be you know like if you're um an anime or something like that when comic con is comic con is probably a very good place for you to start trying to reach yeah. audiences you know yeah. you know you, you know if you're if you're a, a chess board maker or a chess into chess or something there's no point going down the um groups that are into the premier league football then they're, they're not who your audience are but no, exactly. game strategists are game strategists. It's just like because it sounds simple, but it's we often get people often kind of um, barrel. No, not barrel. How can I put it? They they get caught. They they get stuck in a rut because they're they're trying to figure out so much and they're never asking the right questions. Because it's the you know people say well there's all, there's always an answer, but it's, it's because it stems from the right question always being asked. Mm. But, you know. And, yeah. you know, it's when somebody like you were just saying, no, no, what, what is it you offer? What is what yeah. is that? What is that business? What purpose does it serve and who is likely to use it? You know, so yeah. a chiropractor most likely is going to solve a bad back of some sort or a shoulder yeah. problem or something like that. Right. So then that's going to be potentially office workers, sports people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're, you and know, so off what? what yeah. What, what websites and things do those people, you know, use? I mean, in terms of office workers, that's going to be very, very broad, isn't it? So you know, it is. you're potentially looking at national media there. I would say. But it, it, there's a great. Sorry. Go on. No, no, Carol. Well, there's a great quote I read in a book. Uh, one of the things I did in furlough was uh, read a textbook about uh, PR, and um, this guy, David Beerbank, I think is his name, but he. he his quote is, um, people don't care about products and services. People care about their own problems and how to solve them. That's true. Um, and that is so true. <laughs> you know? It is. And if we all bear that in mind, 
you know nobody although it's news when you launch a new service or a new business or whatever actually nobody really cares about that you know good for you but what you know nobody cares that i've launched loose cannon pr what they care about is their own problem how visible are they in their sector and how can they solve that problem you know and i can help them solve that through some some canny pr um but you know anyone whether it's a heating engineer or a chiropractor as you say you know what problem do you solve for people um, and then communicating that uh, in an engaging way um, yeah that's marketing and that's public relations essentially no and you know that, that's probably always the best place to stop the podcast on that final <laughs> on that final line so yeah. we may as well thank you that that's been brilliant i appreciate it thank you hope it's helpful very it's great